History makers, history makers, history makers is a podcast. Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill, and Harriet Brain take a look at the people who made things in the past, and we talk about tech, and we have a good laugh about the past and the present and the future and stuff. History makers, history makers, history makers. Welcome to History Makers. This is the show that explores modern technology and the makers from history who made it all possible. I'm Dr. Lucy Rogers, founder of the Guild of Makers and proud owner of a robot dinosaur. <laughs> Joining me to help decide if artificial intelligence is our salvation or damnation is funny lady and Nerdmaster General, Beck Hill. Thing is, Lucy, you buy one intelligent toaster and before you know it, you're enslaved by a race of semi-sentient sandwich makers. <laughs> Talking of household appliances, it's our misfiring musical robot with unlimited battery life. A robot I have created, Harriet Brain. Program to love. Oh, program to love. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we need to watch her. One day artificial intelligence is going to take over the world. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> I think you're wrong. Let's see if I can change your mind, Beck. In this episode, we'll be exploring artificial intelligence. I'll be using my data banks to bring a maker to life. And I'll be looking for Harriet's kill switch in case of emergency. Hey. <laughs> so set your ears to receive and your mind to blown as we bring you this episode of History Makers. <laughs> Since before we could write, humans have told creation myths, such as Earth, the underworld, and love springing forth from chaos, or the world coming from an egg laid by a giant cosmic turtle, or how Donald Trump became wealthy all by himself with no help from his father. <laughs> <laughs> These stories differ in every culture, but usually involve some form of intelligent deity using some form of magic to create man and woman then sawing the woman in half and putting her back together again while the man wears a stupid cape. <laughs> so if something intelligent created us, then surely we must be able to create something intelligent. It wasn't until 1818 that the magic form of creating intelligence was changed to science after Mary Shelley wrote her world-famous horror novel, The Tiger Who Came to Tea. <laughs> Mary also wrote the novel Frankenstein, the book of course being named after the creator of the monster, Dr. Frankenstein, and Monster named after her best friend at school, Kevin Monster. <laughs> Massive forehead, really had a thing for bolts. <laughs> so the seed of artificial intelligence, or AI, was actually planted as a horror story. And in many people's minds, AI is a very real threat to the existence of humanity. I give it six months. In the 50s, Alan Turing asked, could machines think? A question that remains unanswered today, despite Theresa May trying her hand as Prime Minister. <laughs> By the 50s, the first game-playing machines were developed. By the 70s, the first reading machine. And by the 1990s, the Spice Girls really should have used the first singing machine. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really want. I really, really, really want to death to all humans. 
The general goal behind AI research is to create a machine that can understand and learn about its environment and the result of its decisions without having to have everything pre-programmed. And perhaps one of the biggest steps towards a truly powerful AI has been the ability to understand natural language. Although they still very much struggle with unnatural languages, such as Scottish and Australian. Hey! <laughs> Ultimately, we want to be able to talk normally to a computer and not have to type questions or phrase things in a way that we, humans, have to learn. And we want the computers to be able to talk to us so they can help us, teach us, and ultimately do what every engineer dreams of, being tucked up into bed while being told stories about all the wonderful things we're going to create. So what do you think, Beck? I think that AI is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't exaggerate. I've never exaggerated in my life. <laughs> I think AI is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, largely because most things cry artificial intelligence, but they aren't actually intelligent. It's just a gimmick used to make us pay more for things, and I should know. I got a new laptop, which apparently uses artificial intelligence to recognise your face so that only you can access the computer. But when I set it up, I was about to do a gig at night, so I had all makeup on. And it meant that the next morning when I woke up to check my emails, my own laptop didn't recognise me. <laughs> so now, if I want to do admin, I have to get dressed up. <laughs> it's meant to take us to the future. It's taken me back to the 50s. <laughs> Ridiculous. And it's not the first time I've been let down by so-called AI. I was embarrassed when I realised that the robots in Douglas Adams' greatly overlooked PC game, Starship Titanic, were not capable of understanding me, but rather programmed to respond to keywords if I typed them. I felt stupid for flirting with the handsome bellboy bot. <laughs> so aloof and cavalier, I thought I could change him. But alas, like some of the men I encounter on Twitter, he only gave the appearance of intelligence and wasn't actually capable of thought. <laughs> Earlier still, AI promised more than it could deliver. We all remember the disappointment upon realising that Furby was not the Mogwai friend we'd been waiting for. <laughs> trying to cuddle a Furby in bed was like trying to hug a brick wrapped in the skin of the toys it replaced. <laughs> and it did not shut up. You'll be happy to know there have been 14 versions of Furby released since 1998, which means children of all ages have been able to experience the same disappointment for the last 20 years. <laughs> if all it requires to be considered artificially intelligent is to ignore someone if they're not wearing makeup, only listen for keywords and be bad in bed, then save yourself the money and watch an episode of Love Island. <laughs> Beg, please. AI is perfectly safe. Quiz me. OK, well, we know that you've invented Harriet, which wants to kill all humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice one, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so explain to me where we're up to with AI. Well, IBM have recently released a paper saying that they have invented an artificial intelligence that can perfectly blend perfumes. What? Yeah. Yep. Glad they're using their technology for good reasons. But they're, they're using... Well, perfumes are actually really, really hard to, uh, to do by a computer. And so if they've managed to do this, then they've, they've made a breakthrough and a, a step forward. Because they've got to take all the different chemicals. But how does a robot know what something smells like? Is it good or is it bad? Um, it can easily do the, is it flammable bit. Um, yes, yes, we can do that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and not put it in the perfume, oh, Harriet. Oh, oh what? Oh, yeah. no! 
But yeah, thanks. I feel like we're just going to end up with a lot of perfumes that smell like diesel. Yes, please. I love diesel. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite partial to WD-40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, what about I, Sophia? Uh, the, the robot that is an artificial intelligence and has been given citizenship. Yeah, what a biatch. In Saudi Arabia. You're jealous. I'm so jealous of Sophia. If I had a passport, I could escape this hellhole and go live in, I don't know. Where would you go? Where would I go? I'd probably, you know what? You know, just, just like Frankenstein's monster, I'd probably go to the Arctic or the Antarctic. I have to admit something. I've never read Frankenstein. Wowzer. Does he go to the cold? Yes. Yeah, they all oh, just yeah, go seen, skiing. I mean, if you haven't read the book, you've at least seen the front cover of the book, right? Is it just him skiing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Frankenstein's monster skiing. Um, I do it for ages. I thought I knew what Frankenstein was, and then I realised that I was just remembering young Frankenstein, the Mel Brooks Did you hear that one of the questions Sophia got asked by a journalist? One of the journalists said everyone could ask anything they wanted, and she was asked, uh, how long have I got left to live? <gasps> to which Sophia just turned round and said... Ten minutes. <laughs> okay, I love this woman. <laughs> I love this woman. Yeah, you're, you're right, Lucy. You're doing a really good job of convincing me AI is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe now it's time to solve another mystery from history. This is the part of the show where we explore a little-known puzzle from the past, such as Piers Morgan. Why? <laughs> As well as that, I really need to know that. But what I also want to know is, how did Mary Shelley at 18, come up with her frankly inspirational idea for Frankenstein. I think it was something to do with being bored on holiday and with the poet Lord Byron. Last time I was bored on holiday, I had 14 flaming Sambucas and set fire to the barman. That was one crazy weekend at Euro Disney. <laughs> so, <laughs> to solve this, I think we need to hear what really happened with Mary and Byron that summer. Harriet, access your archives and take us back to 1816. Downloading historical data, preparing historical play. Mary, I've got a frightfully funny game to take our minds off this rotten weather. Sounds great, Lord B. It's called Would You Rather. Oh, how splendid. All right, how about Would You Rather two rotting, stinking feet robbed off corpses or... <laughs> Die in a burning windmill. Uh, uh, uh. It's supposed to be silly and fun. You know, like, uh, uh, would you rather fight 20 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Ah, uh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, would you rather a hideous monster could be made to feel and think like a human or are humans the real monsters? Maybe, uh, uh, OK, Mary, that's really... Uh, you're getting there. OK, um, uh, all right, would you rather be a desperate scientific genius constantly stitching together stolen body parts or uh, only remembered for one famous story that gets copied really, really badly for hundreds of years afterwards? <laughs> Mary, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but it seems this storm has blown a dark shadow over the lightness of your heart. <laughs> Let's play a jolly party game instead. Ah, like, uh, scoop the brains from the corpse. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, Mary, no. Uh, wh what am I mining? Uh, 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 every everything, 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 we 
recreate. Yep, I will. We'll, everything we create will rise, rise up, and and m murder, Mur murder. Everything we create will rise up, murder us, and then no. we'll, then we'll be murdered in return. It was Robinson Crusoe. Well, how about this game? We both write a novel, and the one that makes you poop your pants the most wins. Please, Mary. Perhaps we should just, you know, play truth or dare. Sorry. All right. You're right. Uh, actually, I do have a dare. <gasps> Hurrah! But we're going to need directions to the nearest graveyard, two spades and a very large sack. You know what, Beck? I think we should tell the audience more about Mary Shelley. And find out whether she had an Australian accent or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think you should tell us all, but I'm only going to give you a minute. Okay, it's a deal. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the life and work of Mary Shelley in only 60 seconds. Mary Godwin was born in London in 1797. Her mother was a feminist philosopher, educator and writer who died not long after Mary was born. Mary's father, William Godwin, was a philosopher, novelist and journalist and made sure she received an unusual and advanced education for a girl of that time. Age 17, she began a romance with the already married Percy Bysshe Shelley, who she married soon after the suicide of Percy's first wife, becoming Mary Shelley. They spent a summer with Lord Byron and other writers in Geneva. The weather was so bad, Byron challenged everyone to write a ghost story. One evening, she had a grim terror of a waking dream, which led to the beginnings of the novel Frankenstein. The story is about a man, Victor Frankenstein, who creates the first artificial intelligence, a grotesque but sapient creature, in a scientific experiment. The story has never left the public consciousness. How about we try and get hold of Mary Shelley right now? Ooh, Ooh. nice idea, Beck. Harriet, activate imitation circuits so we can all meet our maker. Stand by. Oh, loading, loading. Mary Shelley, loading Mary Shelley. Oh, here she is. Oh my Godwin. What the hell am I doing here? Is this the apocalypse? You all look so happy. It's disturbing. Before coming on stage, I've been binge watching this show that you're all obsessed with called Westworld, you know it? Yeah. I have to say, you guys, I found it immensely triggering. I mean, how could you? When I went through all the trouble 200 years ago, when we all talked like this, by the way, uh, uh, to write you guys a what not to do with AI manual, here you all are dreaming of the day the creatures take over. Just because you've made them really super hot doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. I have, I have too many emotions and feelings. I have to sing a song right now. Join in if you can, you bunch of clones. <laughs> It was the year without a summer But I was super pale and interesting So that wasn't a total bummer <laughs> Me and my lover would try to scare each other By telling ghost stories underneath the covers Now I don't mean to brag But my story was clearly the best Not just out of mine and his But out of all of the rest My cadaver collage has stood the test of time But now I see the postmodern world Is full of Dr. Frankenstein this is totally lame. 200 years later and you're making the same mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. 
How far is too far just to sound like you care? Give life to something just to tell it life isn't fair. You think it's fun to play God, but he's got no lines. Spoiler alert, at the end, everyone dies. I've been slut-shamed since forever for the way that I lived. Just because I loved a sexy weirdo like Percy Bish. I wonder what would happen if men had to give birth. They'd probably build robots to do it for them because it really, really hurts. This is totally I did all the existentialism, so you don't have to. It's really very simple. Here's what you gotta do if you give human intelligence to a mushroom. You have to love it like it came out out of your womb. It must be human nature to misunderstand just how far we have to fall when our designs are too grand. Jesus Christ, guys, please just read my freaking book. Cause out of control, AI will never be a good look. This is totally lame. <laughs> yes! Now that's what I'm talking about. What are you saying, Beck? Well, Mary Shelley's right. Artificial intelligence will ruin the world! Yeah. <laughs> well, automation is definitely a threat, with machines eventually taking all of our jobs and the 1% using the money to save to exterminate the rest of us. Yep. Society is likely to have collapsed before that. There used to be a time when my husband would ask me to check the weather. I liked this time. This was the one moment where I would get to be useful. <laughs> but now that Google Assistant and Siri are a thing, I'm officially redundant. Not only do they know the weather, but they can say it in a far less nasal accent. <laughs> I'm already being replaced. You know what Alexa is Latin for? Homewrecker. <laughs> and while I'm exaggerating for comedic effect, the sad truth is AI is not exactly liberating women. While we try to break gender stereotypes and job roles, we still consciously or subconsciously expect secretaries and assistants to be women, which is why female voices often test better for these platforms. Unfortunately, this reaffirms a stereotype, teaching each new generation to associate women with assistants. And not just assistants, but assistants who require no respect or humane treatment to provide their service. But don't worry. We're not just sexist to AI. AI is sexist to us. Thanks to a gender imbalance that has not yet been fully readdressed within STEM, AI is actually better at recognising male voices than female voices. Why? Because men are predominantly the people programming and testing the software. And it doesn't stop there. Most speech recognition systems are tailored towards Western accents. So AI isn't just sexist, it's racist too. <laughs> hey Beck, I hear you cry. Where are the jokes? <laughs> Why, they're all around us. <laughs> and if you can't see them, maybe they're hiding behind your privilege. <laughs> what makes AI most dangerous is how good it's getting at passing Turing tests. That's when a machine is able to exhibit behaviour which is indistinguishable from human behaviour. We're at the stage where Twitter bots can potentially be responsible for swinging an election. And one of the reasons these bots make such convincing humans isn't because they show a high level of intelligence and grasp of language. In fact, the opposite. They sound as dumb as actual people. <laughs> we're becoming so bad at communicating, we're making it easier for AI to mimic us. 
If you bring an artificially intelligent robot into a problematic society, it's not going to solve our problems. It's going to inherit them. We thought we could create something which isn't human, but could be trained to behave like a human. Instead, what we've done is create humans who have been trained to behave like something which isn't human. <laughs> this will lead to our downfall long before robots steal our jobs, and that is why AI will ruin the world. Okay, let's lighten the mood <laughs> and play. Bot or not? Oscar Schwartz and Benjamin Laird collaborated to make botpoet.com. It's a Turing test website for poetry, where visitors are presented with a poem and have to guess whether it's been written by a human or a computer. Okay, the first one. Mm. Okay. Is this yeah. written by a bot or not? Robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick poem, very quiet. Is this written by a robot or a ronot? Oh. <laughs> okay. oh, thus, to make a thousand groans, like two morning eyes, the best is best, that every pen hath left the article, verse in a torment me travel. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It must be a robot. <laughs> that's too good for humans. No, I don't know. I, I don't understand what it means, so it's probably <laughs> written by humans. <laughs> Audience, was that a robot? Robot. Robot. Or a human? Human. human. Ooh, about 50-50. That was a bot. Oh, that was so a robot. So okay. That's right. why. Give us more. He thought he saw an albatross that fluttered round the lamp. He looked again and found it was a penny postage stamp. <laughs> um, see, <laughs> I can't wait. It sounds like it could be a real poem, but then I'm like, oh, there is a famous poem about an albatross, so maybe a computer stole that from that. Because robots are little thieves, as I found um, out earlier when Harriet took my drink. No, we're actually very... We're just creative. I was creatively stealing your drink. <laughs> it was very important to my process. That explains <laughs> a lot of the processes. I'm going to say bot yeah, for that well, one. Well, no, I'm going to say not. No, I'm going to say no bot. Give us a cheer if you, want, if you think it's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a cheer if you think it's not a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. See, they're, they're more educated than you because that was Lewis Carroll's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. You. Sorry, this is this is written in this is written in caps lock. Oh, brilliant! You are my covetous infatuation, my lovely infatuation. You are my precious sympathy, my precious desire. Impatiently adores your fancy. You are my avid fancy. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, uh, Read that's... it again, Lucy. No, no. <laughs> that was actually me writing about some cakes. <laughs> so hold uh, that one. I'm gonna say it's all, all robot, caps. It's all caps. caps. Yeah, yeah. But like, but then why would a or robot? Or my mum. My mum and robots riding caps. If a robot was trying to be a convincing human, actually no, no humans are always using all caps. So yeah. yeah troll. That, that, that. We, we, it was we, a troll. It was yeah. a troll. <laughs> yeah. It was a robot troll. Hey. Yeah. Well done. I think on that round, the robots won. So what's, uh, what's happening with AI? What do you reckon the future holds for it? Well, I've been asking on the Twitter sphere, which we all know is actually not an echo chamber, and <laughs> Andy Clark has made a dragon detector. Ooh. It uses trained vision systems to look for dragons. It has on top of it a 3D printed knight that responds by waving his sword. That's amazing. <laughs> Details are on the website, workshopshed.com. 
That's very wow. cute. He better not take it to Wales because it'll explode. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, these useful things have been made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I did mark out how it would end the world, but a, a, a dragon, a 3D printed dragon slayer that can uh, recognise dragons, yeah, that's definitely won me over. Well, the, there is the chatbot Babylon. Oh. It's uh, an artificial intelligence that you can actually speak to and it asks you questions about your medical problems <gasps> and it gives you medical mm. assistance. See, I think that now that is one where area that I can see working because I was looking into this and they found that people who ask questions to an AI assistant at the end of a hospital visit when they're being discharged after surgery or whatever, first of all, they're a lot more honest about the issues that they have because they're not going to get judged by a robot. Um, but, secondly, <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, um, they can sit there and ask the robot to repeat themselves if they don't understand and they can ask for more information, whereas when it's a doctor who's in a rush, normally people start to feel guilty about taking up the doctor's time. So they're like, oh, I, I'm not sure what the doctor meant by that, but I don't want to seem stupid, and so they don't ask questions. And those people end up having to come back into hospital because they don't look after themselves properly or treat themselves right, whereas the people who talk to AI robots in discharge, they, they, they're fine, they don't have to come back. So you mean, like, I have to, like, as, an I, as an AI, I have to be kind and then cruel... To sort of like lure you in yeah. by like being like, oh, I'm not judging you for your itchy balls. And then, like, and then you know, and so I'm kind and then, okay, I get it You've got to earn our trust first. Got to earn your trust first. Ease all of the, the good stuff doctor. that NHS is going through first. Yeah. Then we're yeah. like, oh, AI is actually very good. You know, because I've got all the time in the world. You know, I can sit here and play songs. You might have, but on that note, it's, <laughs> it's time for us to decide. Is artificial intelligence salvation or damnation? Harriet. Um, kind and then cruel. So, salvation, salvation. You're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I think as long as we solve all the problems that the world is going through right now, then AI will be the salvation. Audience, salvation. Yeah. <laughs> one, one groaning. Oh, yeah, and I know that guy. He, yeah. I know that guy. He builds robots, so he can't really be trusted. <laughs> okay, audience, damnation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think that's pretty they conclusive that artificial intelligence is going to be our damnation. Yeah. And that means we've reached the end of the show and probably life on Earth as we know it. But there's just time for some listener messages. Nick from Bristol has texted to say he went as Frankenstein to a fancy dress party. He adds he's aware Frankenstein isn't the name of the monster, he just wanted to go as a scientist who makes bad life choices. Good for Nick. Um, Cheryl has texted in to say, my Microsoft Assistant has malfunctioned and thinks it's a popular car from the 1970s. What's going on? Sounds to me, Cheryl, like you're now the proud owner of a flawed Cortana. Flawed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Ford Cortina. Flawed Cortana. Fee from Hampshire wants to know what would happen if automated call centres took over the world. What do you reckon, Harriet? We're sorry for the loss of all your limbs and the numbing sensation from the lack of oxygen, but rest assured your lives are very important to us and one of our customer representatives will be available to answer your screams as soon as possible. Please hold. Please hold. So there we have it. 
it. Another technology tamed, another maker met. We've looked at the art of artificial intelligence. And we've celebrated the life and work of Mary Shelley, a key influencer in the eyes of AI makers around the world. Love you, Mary. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And why not use your newfound knowledge to create your own sentient AI friends so they too can download the next episode of History Makers. <laughs> History Makers starred Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill and Harriet Brain. It was written by Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill, Harriet Brain and Daniel Page with additional material from Catherine Brinkworth, Stephen Mawinney, Kate Hingsman and Fee Whitworth. History Makers is a Why Did the Chicken production recorded live at the Canal Cafe Theatre. The script editor was Stu Cooper and the producer Daniel Page. <laughs>